0: I'm going to read to you this morning um, from God's Word in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. They stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and he praised God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face, uh, giving thanks to him. Now that man was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, "Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Well, good morning, Crosswinds. And if you're new here today, my name is Ken, and I am so grateful to be the pastor of this church. Uh, It's such a wonderful group of people. I was just sitting back thinking about that. I was uh, sitting there just how how loving and kind you all are. My message today is go back to gratitude. And I was thinking there are a lot of positive benefits to being grateful. Uh, Science tells us it increases our happiness. It gives us a more positive mood. We experience more satisfaction in life. We're less likely to experience burnout. We have better sleep. We have better overall physical health. We have decreased depression and anxiety just in being grateful. And I I believe gratitude is the state God designed for us to live in. You know, when our ancient parents lost gratitude for god for all that he had given them in the garden that is when we departed into sin and and not being grateful is what causes the majority of the problems in our lives but friends knowing that is not enough because i often catch myself not being grateful and today i i would like to repent of my ingratitude by praising God right now for what I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm grateful that I can now walk without pain after eight years of walking every day in pain. I just praise God for that. I am grateful for having such a wonderful wife who has loved me and stood by me through the hard times for the last 37 years. I praise God for that. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and it comes from the Lord and he has truly blessed me. I am grateful to pastors, such an amazing uh, group of people that are gifted and, and are generous, and, and their efforts impact not just here in Plainfield, but all over the world. And, and I'm so grateful that God has given me that opportunity. And I'm grateful to live in a country that provides me so many opportunities, not just for me, but for my children and my family. And I'm very grateful for the Current good health for me and my family. My mom is able to be here with me today, and my dad is is, is still healthy, and I'm thankful for that. So what are you grateful for today? What what are you grateful for today? In front of you, uh, a card was just passed out, and I want you to take that card right now, and I want you to write down five things, five things that you are grateful for. Now, I know many of you have some problems in your life right now. We all do. But I want you to focus right now, focus your heart on what you're grateful for. Five things. You can write more if you want, just at least five things. And, and I want you to do something with this. I want you to put this somewhere that you can see it every day this next week. Put it on your visor, put it on your bathroom mirror or your refrigerator, wherever you go most, and read it when you start to feel down or when you start to feel a little grumbly. I, I want you to read it. Go back to gratitude to God each day, praising Him for the things on your list. Now, now before we do that, I, I need a volunteer to shout out in a loud voice one thing on your list. I'll volunteer Jason. Go ahead. One thing. I am grateful for the church family that supports me at all Okay. Raise your hand if you'd like to give me one. Just one. Shout it out. Good help. Good help. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah. Sleep. Teenagers need sleep. Yes. Amen. All that your grandchildren and children are serving the Lord. Praise God. Anything else? Yeah. Every Every day of your life. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. Yeah. God. Yes. A God who loves us and has given us his grace. See, repenting is turning from sin to God. That's what it means. It just means to turn around. And, and that's what this message is. Go back to gratitude. To turn from the sin of despair and turn to praise God for his goodness to each of us. Faith and gratitude are linked because faith is trusting in the goodness of God. And, and we know that gratitude pleases God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. To have faith is to believe God exists, and to gratefully believe He is a rewarder of those who earnestly follow Him. Those who work to maintain an attitude of gratitude towards Him. Think about it. God doesn't need anything from us. He has everything. He owns everything. The only way we can serve him is to do what we were designed to do, is to be grateful, to praise him for what he's given us. And why do we need to go back to gratitude? Because life honestly can be full of disappointments. You know, we live in a fallen world, and this greatly affects our attitudes of gratitude. And we have to constantly remind ourselves to repent or go back to gratitude. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people in Psalm 22, 3. So today, if you want to be in the presence of God, I want you to just praise him right now. Because that verse says he dwells there. That's where he is. That's where you're going to find God, in praise. Jesus taught us to pray. And what did he teach us to do first? He told us to come to God in his presence, in adoration and in praise. You know, if we come to him in complaints, is he pleased with our faith? Will he reward that? He, he wants to hear our complaints too, but I, I think he's so much more ready to listen when we come to him in praise, recognizing who he is, because that's faith. Friends, there is always Something to praise God for. Even when you've lost everything. I want you to think of Job, who lost 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 yoke of oxen, 500 uh, female donkeys, many of his servants, his sons and his daughters. He lost them in one day, in just a matter of moments. But what did Job say? Naked, I came from my mother's womb. And naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1, 21. At at the loss of everything Job held dear in life, he praised God. He praised God for creating him and for his sovereign goodwill over his life. Beloved, if today you can see nothing else to praise him for, Praise Him for that. Praise Him for creating you. Praise Him for His sovereign will that is good in your life. Friends, there's always something to praise God for. Even in the toughest circumstances. But but friends, we must do that earnestly. It it takes action. It it takes effort to repent, to turn back to gratitude. In the text I started with today in, in Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. I believe Jesus is illustrating to us that we all must go back to gratitude. So let's look deeper at it again. Verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. In this first verse, we see that Jesus here is is gratefully serving his father. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Why? To die. He's going to die. He's going to die a horrible death to set us free from all of our sins. Yet he's not sitting around moping. He's not sitting around depressed. Instead, he is working, sharing the good news with others. Our our faith and obedience to God shows him our gratitude to him. See, God desires that all people come to the knowledge of his goodness and become saved. And, and, And Jesus is out there proving his gratitude to his father by going right in the midst of both God's people, the Israelites here, and the Samaritans, the ones everybody considered heathens. He's going back and forth right in the middle as he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's not stopping God's mission. He's, he's sharing the good news. Other good Jewish rabbis walked around Samaria so they would not be defiled by the Samaritans. But Jesus used his life as a praise to his father's mercy by going to those that nobody else would go to. And he entered the village, and he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And Jesus showed gratitude by entering into the lives of those God loved. Friends, are you grateful to God for saving you? If you are, can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, If you're grateful to God for saving you, then will you do the same? Will you go to others? Even when those lives you have to enter are messy like a leper, Jesus went always where things were messy. In this particular village, he's greeted by 10 lepers. Now today, we don't deal with leprosy very much because modern medicine um, you know, has, 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 has almost cured it. But it was a very destructive thing in the lives of the people of the first century. Lepers here are standing away at a distance because of the civil and biblical law, the Jewish law in Leviticus 13:45 through 46 says the leprous person who has a disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair on his head hang loose, and he shall cover his lips and cry out, "Unclean! unclean!" and he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean, and he shall live alone, and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. At this time, lepers were required to observe a 50-pace buffer between everybody so they would not contaminate anybody. Lepers were not just people suffering with a deadly disease. They were daily suffering with loneliness from being cut off from all of their family. They suffered daily social and cultural rejection by everybody. There was no one that was grateful for having a leper nearby them. Think about it. Having to call out every day as you walked down the street, as you tried to go to the temple that they wouldn't let you in, calling out, unclean, unclean, just to warn people of your presence. Can you imagine that? We went through a pandemic. It was bad enough staying six feet away. And wearing masks, but can you imagine every day of your life? It's humiliating to be around other people. But, but these lepers heard about this prophet Jesus who was healing people, and, and, and he was coming to their town. And they're seeking him, believing he is good, and he can help them because he is a prophet of God. Friends, are you grateful when you have sick people around you? Luke was. A lot of people ignore sick people, but but Luke was grateful. In the original language, it doesn't show this in this text, he doesn't say there are ten lepers, but he says there are ten men who are lepers. He says they are men first, not lepers. Friends, men and women, all men and women and children are made in the image of God. So there is something grateful that you can be about everybody that you encounter. Friends, who is your leper? Who is someone you fear? Or who someone, their habits or their way of life you find disgusting? Because friends, sick and hurting people are not just sick or hurt. They are valuable people made in the image of God. And, and we all need to have a grateful attitude towards them because they are gifts created by a god who is good and and these men take action to praise jesus in prayer for his goodness they prayed They, they lifted up their voices saying jesus master have mercy on us they called him in faith and friends you don't call out for help like that unless you believe someone is good and someone is able to help you Maybe at this moment they did not believe that he could heal them because nobody got well from leprosy. But they simply, earnestly cried out in faith for his mercy, believing that God is good, and this good prophet could reward them in some way. Friends, in whatever you're facing in life right now, do you believe God? Do you believe God can do something right now to help you? Even if you're not fully healed, do you believe he can give you the strength to get through it? Can can he provide you the resources you need to get through it? Do you believe he is good and will reward you if you earnestly seek him? Friends, a grateful heart is one that believes he exists and that he rewards. And friends, you won't pray earnestly Unless you believe that. Prayer then would just be a wasted religious effort. See, these lepers, they, they don't sit in silence and hope. They, they, they earnestly put their faith into action. They, they're lifting up their voices publicly. Even though they're hated by everybody. They, they lift up their voices publicly, even though others will scorn them and just think them of, of them as unclean and, and presumptuous even to ask for anything. Because at this time, many people believed falsely that their leprosy came from their own sin. And, and, and so they thought that they were even unworthy to ask God because they had caused their own problems. That can't be our attitude towards people. To see that day, God had come to them. He, he arranged his schedule to be there for them. And the scriptures say this in Psalm 34, 18, for the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. Friends, we can all be grateful for this promise of God that he does not reject us in our problems, that he actually comes near to us. He will come to us in any state if we will just earnestly cry out to him in faith, gratefully believing that he is good and that he can act. God does not come into our lives to whack us for our sins. He comes into our lives to reward us with his mercy. Now the lepers, they're only looking for a little mercy. But, but Jesus can do far more abundantly than what we can think or imagine when we're in our brokenness. If we will just earnestly seek him by faith, gratefully um, calling out to him as our good Rewarder. When Jesus saw them, He said to them, "Go, and show yourself to the priest." I want you to notice that Jesus saw them. Jesus always saw the broken-hearted, and He desired to be near them. Jesus saw the blind man that nobody else could see. He he saw a woman broken in pain, where others just saw a prostitute. He knew the suffering of one bleeding woman that was afraid to be seen by people that was hiding in a sea of people. He, he saw the aloneness of a widow who just lost her son and her only means of support. He saw it and he went there. Today, whatever pain you're going through, whether it's betrayal, whether it's grief, whether it's physical suffering or mental torment. Jesus sees you. He's not ignoring your suffering. Many in this world ignore the suffering of others, but our God does not. He comes near to the brokenhearted. And we as his people should imitate him. We should do the same. You know, many rabbis, many religious people in this day would just walk by a leper. It was not profitable It was not a a good situation for them to go into because they could be considered unclean by any association with a leper. Friends, ask yourself honestly, do you walk away from suffering sinners to preserve your reputation and instead do what's more profitable to you? Or do you see them? Do you actually see them and, and, and address their needs, believing that God will help you to do it? Jesus gave them an answer. Go show yourself to a priest, which is a ridiculous thing to ask a leper to do. If you're a leper, if you go to a priest, there's nothing they can do for you but confirm you have leprosy and exclude you from public worship. See, people didn't get better from leprosy, there was a ceremony to restore you into the community if you were healed of leprosy, but it was never used. It was dusty on the shelf. And yet, these lepers gratefully obeyed their master's ridiculous words. At least he offered them something. Everyone else had given up on them. No one else gave them any hope at all. Friends, hope. Hope is a big something. It's a big something. It it sustains people in suffering. Friends, without hope, pain becomes unimaginably greater. Friends, we can be grateful for hope. I honestly don't know how atheists get through their days. Life is hard. Without some kind of hope that ultimately things will get better without the hope that there is a God who is good and rewards those who seek him. Without hope, suffering is pointless, which makes pain greater both mentally and physically. The Bible says this in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the, for the good for those who are called according to his purposes. It's not saying all things in life are good. Jesus promises trouble. But the Bible also promises that there's purpose in everything we go through. And that that purpose is ultimately good. And we can be grateful that God is fulfilling his greater purposes even when things are not good at the moment. Bible tells us to be earnestly in hope in our suffering. Romans 12 verses 11 through 12 says, do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. See, these lepers were not lazy in their suffering. They were fervent in prayerful hope in their master. And they were trusting in in whatever solution he gave them. They were trusting it was going to be good. See, only grateful people can rejoice even in their suffering. And the second part of verse 14 says that this hope was not wasted. It says this, and they were cleansed. They were completely healed of leprosy. Do you notice they went in faith before they were cleansed? Again, there's no point to going to a priest unless you're already cleansed. They were healed on the journey. Friends, we are often healed on the journey with Jesus. Sometimes the things he asks us to do in our pain and in our suffering can seem kind of pointless. Pray more. Read your Bible more. Give. Be in fellowship with other believers. Often the answers I give from the Bible when people come to me in suffering, friends, they're not believed. People say, oh, they're, they're just too simple. They're, they're too unsophisticated to be believed. Why, why should I be grateful to God? Why should I read, hopefully, His Word? Why should I pray? Why, why should I give when I'm already suffering financially? Why, why should I come to church? I don't want others to see my suffering. And, and sometimes these answers I give them make no sense to them or any of us. But friends, they please God. They please God. They demonstrate faith. And, and friends, faith is required for healing. These men would not have been healed if they had ignored Jesus' simple words to them and didn't go to a priest, and they just went on with their regular routine. They needed to step out of their own understanding and trust in the goodness of God. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There's a story in 2 Kings, chapter 5. The Bible tells the story of Naaman the leper. And there's a little Israelite girl working as a slave in his house, in the house of this great Syrian general named Naaman, who was a leper. And she told his wife she wished her boss could be healed by this great prophet of God that lived in Samaria at the time. And so Naaman goes at great expense to his own king to see the king of Israel. And when he sees the king of Israel, he has no hope. He's not given any hope by the king. Instead, the king kind of freaks out. He says, am I God to kill and make alive that a man, this man sends word to me to cure this man of leprosy? He's like, I can't do anything for you. You got leprosy. He's annoyed. He's freaked out by the request. The king totally rejects. Naaman, but the prophet Elijah hears about this and he he calls Naaman to come to him. And Naaman goes to Elijah's house, but Elijah does not even see him. He, He sends a messenger instead saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. And this general, Naaman, he was insulted. He he was angry. He thought at least the prophet would come and, and wave his hands over him and and, and and declare him clean. He thought this this river Jordan's a stinky river. There's three more beautiful ones in my homeland. Why would I go in that dunk, you know, that, that river? So he refused to go. And he turned back to his homeland in a rage. And then a wise brave servant comes to him and says, "My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean?" Hopeful words. The prophet had given him hopeful words. And so Naaman humbles himself and did exactly what the prophet told them. And after washing seven times in the Jordan, his flesh was restored, the text tells us, like a little child. The leper's skin was as soft as a baby's bottom because he humbly did by faith what he thought was totally ridiculous to him. He trusted in the words of God's prophet. Friends, are you willing to humble yourself to do the simple things by faith even in your pain, like praying, like reading, like giving, like staying in fellowship, not forsaking the assembly of believers, will you trust in the simple things that this prophet tells you from the Word of God that you are to do? Friends, we are healed by believing God at His Word. Is it possible that these 10 lepers had heard the story of Naaman? Is that possible? Could he have been a hero to them? Maybe this story in God's word was what gave them the faith to trust Jesus simply at his words to them. Are are you gratefully trusting in the sufficiency of what God's word said for the solutions in your life? Or are you sitting around angry and ungrateful thinking there are no solutions offered to you? And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and he came praising God with a loud voice and he fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving thanks, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Notice all of them were healed by their obedient faith in what Jesus said to them. But only one of the 10 returned to praise God. All of them could cry out in prayer, but only one praised him. Friends, I'm here to say that praise is greater than prayer, for it trusts faithfully in the goodness and power of the one being praised. You can pray hopefully, but still not be believing. But you can't really praise without gratefully believing. This man felt it was useless to go back to the priest because he had already met the high priest. See, the other nine lepers trusted in their religious activity and they went to the priest and they had some healing. But this man believed in the identity of the one who healed him. And this man turned back to praise God with a loud voice. Do you, do you praise God with a loud voice declaring to the world your gratitude or are you silently singing in church? Do you praise God for your gratitude that he exists, that he is our rewarder for those who seek him? Prayer just can't be a a transaction, or it can just be a transaction where you ask to get what you need. Praise trusts in a relationship that fulfills all of your needs. This man humbly and gratefully gave thanks, realizing that he was totally dependent on the goodness and mercy of God. What were the others trusting in? Maybe their obedience? Maybe their action? Instead of gratefully trusting in God's mercy. See, this man repented of all self-reliance. And, and, and he praised the one on which he could rely. And Jesus, Jesus notices this this man's faith. And it pleased him. He also noticed that this was a man, was a, a Samaritan. And, and we don't know the makeup of this group of lepers. This man could have been one of five, or, or, or five of, of ten that were Samaritans, and the other five were Jews. Or it could have been one out of ten. But it was not God's Israelites that returned. It was the ones that were considered God's enemies, a Samaritan, people that others thought couldn't even understand the truth. Could Jesus be saying, Your gratitude to God is greater than your religious duty? The others did their duty. But this man alone showed gratitude. And then Jesus answered, Why not? We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Jesus noticed the lack of gratitude to God from the other nine who were healed. Has Jesus ever answered your prayers and you did not bother to come to praise him? Why? Maybe because you didn't believe it was him who did it. Maybe because you felt it was your own work or effort or wisdom that did it. Or or maybe because you felt so entitled to have it that you didn't feel you needed to come and praise him. Maybe it was because you were just interested in the benefits of God, not God himself. Ouch. Jesus noticed. Only one of the nine bothered to come to him humbly, and thank Him. And friends, if you're involved in ministry, if you're having gospel conversations with other people, if you're discipling others, you've probably seen people for whom God has done amazing things, radical things in their lives, and yet they're not here today. They've, they've not gratefully returned to worship Him. Actually, it's very few who are Gratefully loyal to God with their praises. Most receive just goods and services, and they move on with their lives, not recognizing the giver of the gift through whom it's been given. God is good to meet the needs of even the unfaithful. He healed these nine lepers. But friends, I want to tell you, broad is the path that leads to destruction. And narrow is the path that leads to life, which is gratitude, having a grateful life. As a sore of the gospel, I have witnessed over the years a lack of gratitude from many that I have discipled and I have shared Christ. While they're suffering, they can seem very devoted to God, but as soon as they get what they want, they're just out of here. While going through a divorce, they, they may cling to God, but when that new guy shows up, they just take off with him and leave God alone. When they don't have a job, they're faithfully here at the church receiving help and and and, and they're praising God. But when a new job opportunity comes, they have no time for prayer or Bible study. When people suffer grief and loss, they're happy to come to the church and, and get a hug and use church resources They don't try to help other of God's children gratefully when then they need help. Do you think Jesus notices their lack of gratitude? He did notice one of nine was all that returned. Without your faithful gratitude, do you think he is pleased? in you. Friends, we are made to praise God. We are made to reflect his glory. And being ungrateful is the greatest sin that leads to all other sin. Romans 1, 21 through 23 says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creepy things. Friends, what idol are you chasing that keeps you from coming here each Sunday? Coming with a praise in your heart to give to God. You know, people focused on the list of sins at the end of Romans 1. But all those sins are a result of something, aren't they? They're a result of not gratefully praising our God. Our ungratefulness, friends, is the root of all of our sin. The solution to sin is to repent or come back to gratitude. As a father, I can think of nothing more displeasing to me than a lack of gratitude. From my children. Can any of the parents agree? My anger can get quickly kindled when they act entitled and when they act ungrateful for what they have been graciously given. It's a rejection of my love to them. And I want you to know: does our heavenly father, he is a father, feel the same by our entitled and ungrateful attitudes towards him? Jesus says. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus is making a point here using this word foreigner. At the Temple of Jerusalem at this time, there was a wall separating the court of the Gentiles from the Jewish proper sanctuary. And on this outer wall, there was an inscription chiseled in the stone wall. It says, no foreigner, and it's the same word, it's the only other time it's used in the New Testament. No foreigner is permitted inside the partition wall and around the temple. And whoever is caught will have to blame himself for his ensuing death. What if we had that in the outside of our church? How welcoming would we be, right? Jesus once said, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Friends, do we rob God of praise by, by just coming and practicing religion, trying to be all cleaned up and, and not coming here just with abandon to adoringly praise him? Is this just a place of business and, and busyness? And not a place where we we come to return or repent and praise him. Here, No one praises him except the one every religious person would agree was unacceptable. But friends, who was the one acceptable to God? Who was the one who really pleased him the one who praised him. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Who did Jesus say had faith? The one who came back in gratitude? Friends, if you don't have gratitude in your heart, can you really be a person of faith? Jesus said his faith made him well or whole. And that word in the Greek actually means saved, completely restored, whole. The other nine were just healed of leprosy. They would die again. They did not have saving faith that ultimately pleased God because they did not come back to God in gratitude. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without gratefully serving Him with our praises, Friends, there is no faith. Friends, you always have something to be grateful for. You always have something to be grateful for. God sent Jesus down from heaven for you. Jesus was perfectly obedient to God for you. And he died on a Roman cross to pay for all the times you have been ungrateful and sinned against him. Jesus took the death penalty for you. Friends, does that make you grateful? If you have no understanding or faith in his goodness and what he's done for you, you will not be grateful. So I, wanna, I want you to think about something right now. If someone saw a bus coming down Route 59 and you were walking across and it was about to hit you, And they ran up there, and they pushed you out of the way. And that bus came and took them out, crushed that person who saved you. Would you sing their praises every day of your life from that day forward? Wouldn't you make your children praise him because of his goodness to your family? Friends, Jesus pushed you out of the way of the cosmic bus of eternal judgment that was bearing down on you for your sins. Jesus pushed you out of the way and he took the bus for you. He let it hit him. Oh, grumbler, will you not come back to him in gratitude? Is he not worthy of your continual worship and praise? And then three days later, Jesus did something amazing. He proved God exists. He proved it. He walked out of the grave alive again, alive forever. Jesus has promised to be your rewarder and he's promised to give you eternal life, freely. Today, friends, repent. Come back to gratitude, friends, because you were leprous in your sins, and Jesus saw you, and he had compassion on you, and he is willing to heal you eternally if you will just simply come and listen to his words and gratefully believe them. Let us pray. Oh, Father, you are good. You are holy. You've proved your love to us. We praise you for your love. We praise you for your goodness. We thank you that you have sent your Son to us. Father, I pray today that people would turn from despair. They would turn from unbelief. That they would turn to you and put their faith and their trust in you as an act of gratitude, believing that you are good and that you reward them. Father, and if they'll do that, you will see their faith and you will be pleased. And you will redeem them and you will give them everlasting life. Father, whether it's the first time today for them or their attitude's gotten sick and they need to repent, Father, send your Holy Spirit Convict our hearts that we must repent so that we must be healed. I need more healing in my life. I know everyone here does. And Jesus, you can do abundantly more than what we can think or what we can ask, but we have to be willing to do simply what you said. Just turn and trust in you and be grateful to you for what you've done for us. Father, do a mighty work in this place. Send your Holy Spirit to convict our hearts of our sin. Convict our hearts of our ingratitude to you. And then convict our hearts of how good you are. And make our hearts grateful to you. And Father, let us not delay. Because that bus of judgment's coming. Convict our hearts of that it's coming. Let us cry out to you in a loud voice for mercy, knowing that you are faithful and you will give it. Father, draw people into grateful worship today. As we sing, let us sing loudly of the one who saved us. We praise you. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last, the Best of All the spotless, sinless one, Jesus. You have all authority on heaven and earth, and all your words are good. Today, let us trust in them. In Jesus' name I pray.